So anyway, get your Bibles out and go to Luke chapter 2, Christmas story. At the end of this message, we'll have a special service laying on of hands for all those that cast out calories and sugar <laughs> so that you can go and eat and it won't affect your body. And if you do have faith for that, please be the one up here in line praying for everybody. <laughs> Ooh, wouldn't that be great? Amen. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. It says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up to Galilee out of the city of Nazareth, unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there that the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought first her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, I have a simple message this morning, okay? I got just six simple points here, but I, I just want to share something with you, because I'm all excited about next week because I'm going ahead and call in next week because we're having services. It'll be the 31st Christ, uh, New Year's Eve, and so we're going to be, I'm going to be kicking it off the new year even though I'm a day ahead. And so I've been, Lord's been forming this message in me, what's going to happen in 2024, and, and so I, I really want to preach it, but I know I've got to get through this service. And so, uh, but I just want you to understand, first point here, it was not easy for what Mary had to do. A pregnant woman riding a donkey is enough said. Right? Then she gets there and there's no hotel room, right? So they got to go to the barn and go have her baby going to be born in the barn, in the feed trough, right? All was inconvenient. But let me tell you something. This is the first point. Out of conflict can come blessing. In this Christmas season, out of conflict can come blessing. You may have had the worst year in 23 that you've ever had in your life. You may have had the greatest year. I don't know. But it may have been the worst year of your life. You may be looking at everything's against you right now. But I just want you to know, when you're in Jesus, hear what I'm saying? When you're in Jesus, out of conflict can come great blessing. Because look what happened. Here's Mary, inconvenience, having to ride a donkey, no room for her, but what's she going to do? Bring a Savior into the world. Amen? So when you run into conflict, hey, you may run into conflict with family. You may be around the Christmas table and having conflict. But listen, out of conflict can come blessing. You just got to stay in Jesus. This is where people get it wrong. Everybody gets angry. Once you get angry... You're sunk because now you're just operating in the world system. And there's no blessing in that. But if you stay in Jesus, you keep remembering what he did for you. You keep being thankful for everything God's doing. Then you know what happens? Miracles start taking place. If y'all ever thought about this, if the devil was so big and bad and he was doing all the killing and stealing and destroying, don't you think he could have got rid of Jesus right there? Had a cow kick the trough, Right? There's all kinds of things that could have taken place that Jesus' life was ended. But no, God was there. And so even though it was inconvenient, even though the government was telling them what they had to do, 
Do you know how easy it would have been to gripe and murmur all the way on the donkey besides the jiggling and everything going on to be mad at the government because you're having to go over there because you're having to register in that city and that town and do all that kind of stuff? But you see, folks, I hate to tell them, but the government's not in charge. God's in charge. And there they are trying to bring conflict, trying to bring problems, trying to do all this stuff. But look at that. God's working a miracle through the whole midst of it the whole time. Everybody's complaining. That's what's happening to the world today. Everybody's complaining so much that they're not looking for the Christmas miracle. Everybody's griping and saying, oh, this, that, and this is going to change. But they've missed the point that God is with them. Amen? Okay, so then the story goes on. Verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said unto them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Man, what an event. Have y'all ever really just sat down and thought about this? Like you're outside on your porch and you're looking at the stars up at night and just seeing how maybe clear the sky was and how beautiful it is. And then all of a sudden, angels break forth and are flying around everywhere. What are you going to think? Aliens? I mean, honestly, come on, this happened. This isn't a fairy tale. This took place. These guys were standing out there looking at them. The next thing you know, angels are flying around everywhere. It's got to have been freaky. It's got to shock them. That's why it says, and they were greatly afraid because they're going, oh, what's happening? What was in the stew? We're hallucinating. Something's taking place. And so point two is there was an announcement that the angels made, okay? They were making this announcement, and the announcement was a Savior is here. A Savior's come. A Savior's been born. Now, you got to understand, in the... In the Greek, that word Savior, it means, it doesn't just mean like, you know, like your car broke down on the side of the road and somebody stopped and picked you up. You say, oh, you were my Savior. You no, it, it, it's bigger than that. It's a total and complete deliverer. It's, it's, a, it's a word that they gave uh, and, and denoted to that you're, you were godlike. All right? You did something that was extraordinary, did something that was over the top. All right? A Savior's born. But you see, here's point number two, is people don't realize they need a Savior. <laughs> the world's spinning out of control. Everybody is running around complaining about this, that, and the other. But the whole real root of the problem, the whole real thing that they need to realize in life is they need a Savior. Come on. Most people don't think they need saving. Most people think, well, I'm, we're just going to live life, and I'm trying to do the best I can, and I'm doing all right. But they don't really understand the whole concept of what's taking place, that no matter what, the rule, the mark, the line that we've got to hit in life is to be perfect as God is perfect. And ain't none of us going to hit it, I'm telling you. You say, well, I'm going to come close. Come close don't count. Only in grenades and horseshoes does close count. All right? Coming close to the mark of perfection doesn't count. You can't say in life, well, I'm better than they are. At least I'm not that. That doesn't count. doesn't work. This whole Christmas season, everybody's, just, the, the world's just churning 
But folks, we need to understand something. The great announcement for this Christmas season is that we got a Savior. We have someone who comes in here that has a plan. Now think about this. Think about how awesome God is. God looks down at all of us like ants, maybe less. But he looks down like looking at an anthill. And there we are running around our little ant situation, right? And there's not really anything that looks really good about us. Romans chapter 3 says, man, there's none righteous, no, not one. They've all forsaken God, right? So God can't look and say, well, that one's not too bad. No, but yet God loves us so much. Everybody say God loves me. He loves us so much that he gave us the greatest gift. He gave us Jesus. Now think about this. I, this is what I love about God because this is the way I see it. God didn't want to make the challenge easy. He wanted to save you, but he was going to do it in the wildest way possible. He was going to take a, a young Jewish woman, impregnate her by the Holy Ghost, ride her across the country to certain towns so that she fulfilled the prophecies, have Jesus born in a manger, a baby. Listen, folks, it's not very hygienic to have a baby born in a barn. All right? I mean, there's all kinds of possibilities to catch something. Right? And so... He does all of this, the most, the weakest little thing in the world, a little baby, just to say, I'm going to defeat death, hell, and the grave. I'm going to defeat the devil. I'm going to defeat everything. I'm going to defeat the curse upon mankind. I'm going to defeat it all. I'm going to bring Jesus into this world so that he can come and he can make a way that you and I can have a relationship and fellowship. And here he is. There's little Jesus born. But there are so many of the world doesn't realize they need a Savior. They don't realize that this, this announcement was important, that they had to have a Savior because we're not going to be able to make it on our own. But praise God, Jesus fulfilled the call, went to the cross for us, paid the ultimate price for all of us so that his blood could be upon our life. Now, see, this is what gets me. When Paul wrote to the church at, 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 the, at the Galatians, and he had to write to him and say, well, what, 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 what are you doing? You started out in faith, but now you're going back to works? Because the, the, the Galatians got to saying, oh, yeah, we're saved. We're saved by faith in Jesus. Yes, Jesus' blood's over our life. He forgave us our sins, but we still need to work and be good. They got it wrong because they got to thinking that works was going to gain them favor in God's eyes. When the truth of the matter is, the blood of Jesus is what makes you right in God's eyes, which then makes you want to be good. It's a big difference. You do good works because, like Jesus, on the inside of you. Amen? Because if you're trying to live for God by works, you are going to fall short always. Always. But the world doesn't realize it needs a Savior. The world's going to go by works. It's just going to live their life like that, not realizing that there's a way, there's an opportunity through Jesus for a man to be saved. And what a shame. Because, folks, I want to tell you something. Without the blood of Jesus, none of us are going to make it. But with the blood of Jesus, all of a sudden, you become a child of God. With the blood of Jesus, all of a sudden, you become righteous and right in God's eyes. I heard a sad story this morning. A person was talking to me early, and, and not from here, but, uh, and said that they'd been to a church, and the, and the, and the pastor told them that, um, that you can't be, it's not a given of your security in Christ. And I thought to myself, what a, hor what, a, what a terrible thing. What a horrible thing to say, to tell people you can't really be sure you can be right with God. 
What does that leave anybody? It's like, man, I hope God doesn't wake up on the wrong side of the bed today and I'm out. Have y'all ever had one of those days that it seemed that everything you did went wrong? Has anybody ever had a day like that? If you have, raise your hand at me so I know I'm not alone. Okay. Like the other morning I got up and no matter what I did, like I reached for the coffee and I spilled it, you know. And then so I got coffee grounds everywhere, so I put the coffee grounds up. And then I reached for the water and I spill it, you know. And then I reached for the spoon and dropped it on the floor. And, and it just started. I said, oh, Lord, help me. My calibration's off today. I'm not got I, my eye hand coordination is getting really rough today, Lord. You know, and it just kept being one thing the next. I open up at lunch. I pull the package of lunch meat out. It was turned upside down. The lid fell off. All of it fell right on the floor. I was like, well, glory. Just get it. Blow it off. Say, hey, it'll be okay. But you, you with me? Y'all have had those days where everything seemed to be going wrong. But then I stop and I say, Lord, I just praise you because I know that living my life, I'm going to do things wrong no matter how much I try to do things right. I didn't wake up that morning and say, I'm going to see how many things I can mess up today. Right? I'm so glad that in walking with Jesus, it's like that his blood's over my life. He's covering me. And so no matter how many mistakes I make that day, I'm covered. Amen? That's what the great gift of a Savior does for us. He covers us in everything. The third point simply this, verse 13. It says, And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill towards men. The third point simply this. The supernatural was right there taking place. All right? But it was the supernatural taking place for a reason, for God to bring peace. Look what he says. The angels were saying, glory to God in the highest on, on earth, peace and goodwill towards men. In other words, because of what Jesus was doing for us, the wrath of God, the anger of God wasn't turned towards us. There was peace. Ephesians 2 talks about that, that, that there's always been a, an, a, a, a warring of in your soul against God. Now, let me ask you a question. You don't have to raise your hand on this one. Don't lie to yourself because I know the answer. But how many of you find it easier to do bad than good sometimes? <laughs> whole lot harder to keep your mouth shut than it is just let it fly. How many of you husbands, you know that if you just wouldn't have said anything, you wouldn't be in trouble with your wife? If you would have just kept your mouth shut. But no, you thought you had to be the smarter person in the room. You thought you had to say something. And the minute you did, then you said, God, I wish I'd have kept my mouth shut. Yeah. But God said when Jesus came, a Savior's come, and there's peace now between us because Jesus, through what he did on the cross, tore down that middle wall of separation between us and God that kept us from being able to go into God's presence and learn to do good and desire to do good more than evil. Folks, listen to me. You hang around God, before long you want to do right. You hang around evil, then you want to do evil. That's just the way it is. Hello? The fourth one. I'm going to be through so early today, y'all are going to think you didn't get your money's worth. We'll have to have 15, 20 minutes of silent prayer at the end of church today just to keep y'all out so we don't mess a cafe up if anybody goes. Get out before the Methodists and the Baptists, they'll call me up. Just say, man, what are you doing to me? <clears throat> Fourth point, verse 15. 
So it was that when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. The fourth point is simply this, folks. You're not going to see the Christmas miracle coming to pass in your life unless you start taking action. The shepherds would have never seen Jesus, at least they had walked to Bethlehem to see what was going on, right? They could have sat out there and started a council. We're going to be known as the shepherds who see angels. They could have started their own club. They could have just gone out there and said, this is it, started a little sect out there of angel watchers, started charging people to come out and stargaze because you might see an angel. We saw an angels here before. No, they took action and they went to see Jesus. Hello? Your whole life, your whole relation, you want to see a Christmas miracle? Seek Jesus. You want to see a Christmas miracle take place in your life? Take action and go towards Jesus. Go find Jesus. Amen? He's not hard to find if you just look. He's really not hard to find if you just look. The next one, the fifth one, in Luke chapter 2, verse 17. He says, now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. The fifth thing about this Christmas miracle is that you have to go tell it. I believe in 24, there's coming a time where you're going to see your ministry coming about more than ever before. I believe your voice, your, your, uh, you don't have to go hang a shingle. You don't have to go build a church. Your voice to your friends and what you speak to your friends and what you say to your friends is going to see, you're going to see great, great, great results. You're going to see people that never used to listen or wanted to hear anything about Jesus. They're going to be looking at you saying, what is the answer? What, what am I doing wrong? And you're just going to say, well, you're seeking the wrong thing. You need to seek Jesus. And they're going to go boom and life's going to change for them. I believe it with all of my heart, but I believe this, that just like the shepherds went and told everybody, so you got to go tell everybody. We can't keep silent anymore. One of the things I think is going to happen in America is there's going to be people rise up and say enough's enough. We're not doing that anymore. And the moment that happens, you're going to see God move because that's the, that's the, 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 the uh, vein God moves in is when you start announcing what Jesus has done for you. The other day I looked up, I'd, I'd come across a little video, and the video was talking, he was a, this person was a scientist, and he was on a, being asked questions, and he was an atheist, and they were asking him questions about Christianity, and they asked him, did, they, did he believe that every person that was a Christian was less intelligent than he was, because they believed in uh, Christianity. And he said, well, no, I don't believe that they're less intelligent because IQ can be measured in different ways, and so I'm not going to say they couldn't have a higher IQ than me, but I can say that they're, you know, they're given to uh, uh, false, to accept false narratives. And so I'm thinking, and, and as I'm watching the video, I thought, hmm, he said, science is a fact, and religion is just a story. But science is a fact. And I thought, 
So I stopped the video, and I went on and did a Google search. I didn't search any dark engine web. I don't even know where the dark web is. But anyway, I searched, just a Google search. I said, did Albert Einstein ever have any theory proven wrong? Boom, first click came up. Yes, 1929, Albert Einstein admitted that his theory that the universe was not expanding was proven wrong by Professor Hubble, which I guess maybe made the telescope. I don't know how that is. Well, anyway, that the Earth was expanding. Einstein looked at it and then said, you know what? I was wrong and admitted that his theory was wrong. And so I said, well, you don't have anything based on fact. You had something based on Albert Einstein. He was wrong. So how can you say that what you believe in is just this is it because somebody had a theory over there. The guy that had the theory could have been wrong. My point is, if you never say anything, then people go along believing what everybody else says. They just believe whatever's said. They just believe this thing that comes out, this thing that's said. They're never told the truth of God's word. And you, the truth of God's word is what you know in your heart to be true. Like, you're never going to convince me Jesus isn't real. I don't care what you come up with. I've seen God do too many things in my life. I've seen Jesus bless me too many times in my life to tell me that Jesus is not real. End of story. You're not going to convince me any different. I don't care what you say. The Bible is the most, is the book that has been, have more scrutiny against it than any book and has never been proven wrong. So anyway, you got to go tell them. Because there's a lot of people out there that don't got an ounce of sense. As I say so many times, they're just feeding at the trough of stupid in life. And they ain't very smart. And they're believing a lie. And it's your job to tell them. Okay, last point. In Luke 2, 19, it says, But Mary kept all these things, and she pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. The last thing is simply this. You have to keep your heart. You have to keep the things that the Lord has spoken to you in life, the things that you know to be true, the things that even you maybe have on the back burner of your life, and you have to keep them in your heart, and you have to ponder them, and you have to keep them. Everybody say keep them. Don't let the world steal it. I'm telling you, I'm going to preach you happy next week, and I'm telling you God's on the move. I'm telling you good things God has for your life. I'm telling you, you're not going down, you're going up. I'm telling you, you're not going to be defeated. You're going to be victorious. I'm telling you, you're going to walk in joy. You're going to walk in peace. You're going to walk in happiness. You're going to see God moving in your lives. You're going to see God moving in your families. You're going to see good things. Oh, it's not going to come from sources like you may think. But I'm telling you, God's, God's on the move. Folks, do you know that Right now, Christianity is, is being persecuted more than any religion in the world. But do you also know that Christianity is the fastest growing religion right now in the world? People all over the world are turning to Jesus. Don't let your world get framed by what you're seeing on CNN. Heavens to Betsy, don't even watch it. Don't let your world get framed by, by the news. Don't let the, your world get framed by, by uh, you know... Uh, whatever source of information you may be getting, don't let that frame your world. What needs to frame your world is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? 
What needs to be good is you need to, 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 to celebrate with your family Christmas in a more joyful, glorious time than you ever have. I was watching, uh, my wife and I, we, 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 like to, uh, we start after Thanksgiving and we watch Christmas movies. And uh, so I like the 1938 A Christmas Carol. It's my favorite one of the bunch. And so I was watching it again last night, and I realized something I'd never seen before. When, if I can get my names right, I don't know if you've seen it, but I'm sure most of y'all have seen the story of Christmas Carol. When, uh, what's the guy's, what's Scrooge's, no, 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 what's his, his worker's name? Bob, Bob Cratchit. Bob Cratchit. When Bob Cratchit has his money and he's walking down the, the, the street and Scrooge has just fired him and he's walking down the street and he's got that little bit of money with him and you can see all of a sudden he's watching that goose going in the front of him and the goose's head's going back and forth and then all of a sudden it just dawns, he starts laughing and laughing and laughing and he says, Merry Christmas. He's like, telling everybody Merry Christmas. Everybody's looking at him. He's, he, it looks bad. He doesn't have a job. He's got a little bit of money. What does he do? Goes to the store and throws the biggest Christmas party for his family. He buys the goose, gets the chestnuts, he gets everything, he goes home, he doesn't say anything to his family about he's fired, he doesn't have a job, he has a great Christmas, he's got his smile on his face, it's Merry Christmas, right? Now think about this, because I really believe when Charles Dickens wrote the whole thing, he was talking about the gospel story. So then, what happens? Because he's walking in faith. An angel appears, tells Scrooge, you're going to burn in hell, dude. See, I watch them all. I like the Mickey Christmas where, the, where, where they, he kicks Donald Duck into the grave and it's all fire and everything. He wakes up. That's what I'm like. That's what I'm talking about. Come on. Let's preach it, you know. And he says, you're going to burn in hell. And what happens? And then he gets, a, what, he gets a raise at the end of it, right? He gets a raise at his end of it. He takes his nephew in there. In other words, God created this whole miracle so that their lives were blessed. And I just saw it last night. I said, man, look at that. He, by faith, spent the last money he had and had the best Christmas dinner ever. And look what God did. He was working a miracle, and he had no idea. Folks, I'm telling you, God's working a miracle on your behalf, and you have no idea maybe it's even coming. God's working a miracle on your behalf. It's time to stand in faith. It's time to thank God for the greatest gift ever. It's time to be rejoicing for Jesus. It's time to be rejoicing with our family. It's time to be putting on a smile on our face and saying, man, God's got this under control. I know the world looks like it's just like the toilet has flushed and it's going down. But bless God, I'm telling you. God has got a miracle taking place. God has got something great going on. I am a blessed person. I'm born again. I'm saved. I'm washed in the blood of Jesus. I'm right with God. I got peace. Man, I'm telling you, Lord, thank you for this Christmas. And then you're going to see it happen. Amen? Amen. Well, I want you to put your Bibles up now. And for all of those watching, God bless y'all. I appreciate y'all. Thank you for this year. Thank you for what's going on. But I tell you, man, I, I, I just hear those words. It's going to be a great Christmas. Turn to Jesus. Have faith in him and watch what he will do for you. If you've never watched the video, you just first time you've ever seen one and you just tuned in and maybe you think this guy's crazy. I am. I'm crazy for Jesus. And he'll touch your life. He'll change your life. And if you'll just call out upon the name of the Lord, man. He'll, he, the Bible says he'll be saved, that no man he's ever turned away. So if you call upon Jesus, say, Jesus, come into my life, help me. He will. He'll touch you right wherever you are.
And so all you out there listening and watching, God bless you and Merry, Merry Christmas.